Did you know Black and White Sports is the number one conservative sports entity on YouTube with over 35 million views? Make sure you subscribe here to the podcast available anywhere. Quality podcasts are available. Apple, iTunes, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Anchor, and Spotify, and many others. Hit subscribe now. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Black and White Sports fans, let's talk about the NBA. Let's talk about the Marxist NBA of China. Because news dropped yesterday that I'm pretty sure will make LeBron James, LaChina James, LaWalt James, very, very upset and crying. Because yet again, it seems the NBA is not listening to one LaChina James. Guys, you remember LeBron James put out a tweet saying that the NBA, they didn't want to listen to me. Now all these players are injured without any real facts to actually back it up. NBA came out and said that, um, well, LeBron, you're wrong. Injuries are relatively the same the last three years. LeBron was upset because the league had started too early. Also, he was upset about the league actually having a play-in tournament. Oh, this is glorious, folks, because guess what now? The play-in tournament is returning next season. Oh, LaChana James is going to be very, very upset about this. On this article here on Yahoo Sports, it even starts off referencing LeBron James. It says, sorry, LeBron James, but it looks like the NBA's play-in tournament is coming back for one more season and possibly more. Now, folks, I honestly believe that the play-in tournament is probably going to be here to stay, and it has all to do with financial incentive. That's just me. It says here, the NBA and NBA Players Association has agreed to extend the play-in tournament into the 2021-22 season, according to ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski. The agreement is reportedly expected to receive official approval from the NBA Board of Governors in August. The NBA introduced the play-in tournament this season after experimenting with a single play-in for each conference in the bubble during the 2019-2020 season. The new format in which the teams in the 7 through 10 spots in the standings play out three games to determine each conference's final two playoff spots. Seemed to deliver exactly what the NBA wanted. Yeah, because that play-in tournament was a success for the NBA because it was the most watched since the conference finals, I believe, in 2019. Now, the NBA bubble was an absolute disaster. But you know what, folks? Speaking of the NBA bubble, LeBron James, remember, he wanted to walk out of the bubble because of Jacob Blake. You you guys remember that, right? Remember the NBA? They uh, postponed games, I, I guess you can call it. It really wasn't a boycott because they made him up. LeBron James wanted to actually leave the bubble and not come back. He wasn't actually thinking about the players that aren't getting, you know, $40 million a year like him. Those guys actually need money. LeBron James didn't care about them. NBA didn't listen to him then either. But anyway, I digress. It says here, even before the playing game started, the prospect of the tournament added drama to the end of the regular season with several teams fighting to avoid the playing tourney as well as avoid outright elimination. By ESPN's count, 24 of the league's 30 teams had a chance at a playing spot 
in the final two weeks of the season. The new set of games went on to deliver big time ratings. The much anticipated showdown between the Los Angeles Lakers and the Golden State Warriors was ESPN's most watched NBA game since the 2019 Western Conference Finals. This is why the play-in tournament is coming back because the ratings actually went up. Okay, that's why it's coming back, LeBron. This is why it's coming back because you guys in that bubble lost the NBA a lot of money and a lot of fans. This is why the season actually had to start fast because remember the NBA had lost $1.5 billion last year. Now, all that didn't have to do with the wokeness. A lot of it did have to do with the virus, the pandemic. But however, you players did the NBA no favors. NBA owners, they want their money. So this playing tournament, they're going to get it because they want their money. And it goes on, he says, for those reasons, it's clear why NBA Commissioner Adam Silver wants the playing tournament to be a permanent fixture of the league schedule. And I truly do believe it will. It's just strictly money, LeBron. That's all it is. If you don't like it, I guess, I guess you can retire. The league will be much better without you. But it goes on here. It says the change, the change wasn't universally well received, though. Even though the Lakers and Warriors delivered a thriller, several other games were simply not competitive. Adding a few games to an already crapped NBA schedule, cramped NBA schedule, also might, might not look as good in retrospect due to the league's injury issues, though net season schedule should be more spread out. I think net season is going to be a regular NBA schedule, all 82 games with a play-in tournament. That's the way I think it's actually going to go. But it says here, additionally, two of the league's most prominent players were outright hostile to the idea of the tournament, though only once their teams were in danger of having to play in it. Talking about you, LaChana James. James infamously remarked, whoever came up with this shit needs to be fired. <laughs> this is LeBron James. While Luka Doncic said he didn't understand why the league was doing it. This, this is funny. And in case you guys need a refresher, this was back in, um, in, in May. May. LeBron James on the playing tournament. Whoever came up with this shit needs to be fired. This is glorious, folks. This is absolutely glorious. The NBA is to find LeBron James once again. You know what? Maybe the NBA would be better off if they just completely silenced LeBron James, you know, with all the crazy and stupid stuff that he actually said out there, hurting the league, uh, dotting out police officers. He has done no favors whatsoever to the NBA. None whatsoever. But apparently he's supposed to be the face of the NBA. But I don't know. This NBA Finals now, maybe there'll be a new face of the NBA if Giannis wins the title, maybe if Devin Booker wins uh, the title in the finals MVP, we'll have to see. But LeBron James, go ahead and cry. Go ahead and cry. The playing tournament is back, and it looks like it's here to stay. This is wonderful, folks. This is absolutely wonderful. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this, black and white sports fans? Let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to Black and White Sports, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. 
black and white sports fans. And let's talk about the NFL. Now, we found out a couple of days ago that the NFL was going to go even more woke than they were last season. Now, folks, I truly believe this will be a disaster for the NFL as they're going to double down on the wokeness. Dealing for the national anthem, I guess, is going to be a thing. Social justice messaging on the on the end zones and also probably on the back of players helmets. And I do believe you're going to have more player revolts. I highly suggest that these NFL players actually do their research on whose names are actually going to be on the helmets. And also what's going to happen. The black national anthem lift every voice and sing. Will be played every season going forward. Folks, this is very, very divisive. I gave you my take on the quote unquote black national anthem. I like the song. I really do. But it is not a national anthem. We have one national anthem. So the NFL seems to be doing this for nothing more than virtue signaling and pandering. And we now have a former NFL player now that has rejected the black national anthem being a part of NFL games. And he's a black man. He's not a white guy. You know him. He's LeVar Arrington, former Washington Redskin. Still can't believe the Redskins aren't the Redskins anymore, but I digress. He appeared on Jason Jason Whitlock's podcast, Fearless. And we have a YouTube clip here. And Jason Whitlock asked him about the Black National Anthem being played at NFL games. So we can do a reaction to that right now, folks. So let's go ahead. Let's check this out and hear what LeVar Arrington had to say about the Black National Anthem and he touches on some pretty good points here. So let's do it. Before you get out of here, give me your fi- the, na- the Black National Anthem being made a part of the NFL. Thumbs up, thumbs down from LeVar Arrington. Oh, man. It's a, it's a complicated one. Uh, again, I think I would say initially I'd say thumbs down. Bingo, right there. Thumbs down. He rejects it. Being played at NFL games. And the reason why I would say thumbs down is because I hate living in a qualified environment. Don't qualify me. You know, and 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 so for me, when I think of everything that has happened, and I live in LA now. So I, I don't just live in Pittsburgh, I live in LA. When I lived in Pittsburgh, it was very black and white. There were no you didn't see any other races of of people too much in Pittsburgh. But since living in different places around the country and seeing, getting the exposure of living around the world, for me, if if you're going to play one anthem that represents one racial group, then you should play all of them. Amen. Amen. So the NFL, you're telling me that, um, I guess Cuban people don't matter. Why don't you play the Cuban national anthem? Uh, people from Hong Kong, why don't you play their national anthem? Uh, Native Americans. I mean, if you're just going to pander to one side of the aisle, why are you alienating the other races out there that aren't white? Good point by LeVar Arrington here. For, you know, for Polynesian families, for Mexican families, for Middle Eastern families, for Asian families. Um, I think that it should be something that encompasses all the races that are represented because. 
You know what? All the races that are represented, guess what? We have one. It is called the Star Spangled Banner. The Star Spangled Banner isn't just for white people. It is for all Americans. I was in the Navy. I saluted the flag. When the national anthem was played, I stood at attention. I didn't view the song or the flag as something just for white people. Okay, it is for everyone. And I wish that the NFL would stop all of this because the national anthem represents the United States of America. And that encompasses all races of U.S. citizens. To me, the qualifier here is we're trying to make sure that one race of people feels good about who they are, while in some cases, in some regard, if you really take a step back and think about it, it begins to alienate other races of people, and they're not even white. And so to me, is that what we, is that what we really want to represent? Because to me, as a black man, I want to represent what a black man represents, which is ultimately, hopefully, what every other black man and other person wants to represent as well, which is having a unified front Because at the end of the day, I look at myself as an American. Like, I always call myself the All-American. I'm an All-American, Whit. So that national anthem, although some will argue and and have their their theories and concepts as to why that's not our national anthem, I'm American. That's been earned by my ancestors. When they were doing things in the field and we were were not recognized as 100% human beings, as peoples, with by Democrats, by the way, just point that out with rights. They paid that cost. They paid that price. I'm going to walk in that with dignity and pride and I'm going to be upright and I'm going to be a unifying force. So I want to connect with people on a unifying front. It doesn't have to be based off of a race in specific. It's based off of people. And as long as I look at it from that scope and that that lens, to implement the Black National Anthem to pregames at this point, to me, that's a contradiction of what a contradiction of my identity and my belief system because I don't want to alienate myself for the simple sake or the simple fact that people can say black people are important. To me, I want us to be important. Us meaning whoever it is that lives right. Right has no color. Neither does wrong. So to me, I want to live within the right. I don't I don't necessarily need to be qualified, you know, because of what's going on with with the injustices and the social systems and the merits of who's making decisions and who's the president and who's all that stuff. That doesn't matter to me because ain't none of them paying my bills with what. Well, that's some good stuff there from um, LeVar Aronson, guys. Um. I highly recommend that you guys actually do check out Jason Whitlock's podcast, Fearless. It is absolutely incredible. And LeVar Arrington nailed it. We are Americans. Don't pander to just one skin color. You know, this is definitely regressive. This is definitely regressive. This is actually the kind of stuff that can bring you back to a Jim Crow style era here. When you're actually playing the Black National Anthem before the United States of America's National Anthem. And what's going to happen, folks? You know you're going to have people standing up for the quote-unquote Black National Anthem. And then when the real National Anthem plays, they will end up taking a knee. 
This is extremely divisive. I don't know what the NFL is trying to accomplish by this. This is set up for failure. Roger Goodell. But what do you guys think of this? What do you guys think of LeVar Ayrton's comments about the black national anthem? Lift every voice and sing. He hammered the NFL pretty good right here. And hopefully, you know, some players are actually listening to this and watching this. Maybe Roger Goodell will probably end up watching this video. I highly doubt it, though. But the NFL is just trying to pander, trying to virtue signal. And they forget that we are supposed to be a unified country. We're not supposed to be pandering, you know, just to white people, just to black people, just to Asian people, just Hispanic people. We're supposed to be united. And the NFL is doing nothing but virtue signaling to one side of the aisle and alienating the other minorities in this country, namely Hispanics. Uh, I believe LeVar said Polynesians. I guess their anthems don't count, right? I guess it doesn't count. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to Black and White Sports, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. First, here's a word from today's sponsor. Friends, I'm very concerned about food shortages coming to America. No, not local or short-lived shortages. I'm talking about a national food shortage that will affect everyone, everywhere, for a very long time. Would you be ready if that happened? Probably not. That's why I urge you to get some long-term storage emergency food from my friends at My Patriot Supply. They're the original Patriot Survival Company. Over the past decade, They've served millions of American families like yours. Their mission is your survival. And right now, you can save 25% on a four-week kit of emergency food that will save the day. Probably soon. This four-week kit has a wide variety of delicious food that provides over 2,000 calories per day. The right amount for optimum survival. Go to preparewithblackandwhite.com so you can claim your four-week emergency food kit and save 25% in the process. Order a tasty starter kit for each member of your family, and they will ship everything quickly and discreetly to your door. That's preparewithblackandwhite.com. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodrance for Black and White Live. Well, the NFL, it seems, is running the playbook, and we don't really talk politics on this particular channel, but I felt this was something I wanted to make a video on, and simply put, I didn't want to put the sports channel at risk to being yanked down by big tech. This channel has a lot less subscribers than the sports channel does. Well, the NFL is running Joe Biden's playbook to a literal T, and now they feel as if, based on whether or not a, a player or a coach decides whether or not they want to take the jab or not, we are going to visually, visually label players to draw a distinction 
between people that have have on their own re, on, on their own mindset, their own uh, thought process, their own ability to make choices and decisions, we are going to visually label them if they choose to get the jab or not. Now, at what point throughout history do we remember anybody ever being labeled for choosing to be for 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 not even choosing for being different okay when when do we ever remember that happening it has happened in history by the way from 1939 to 1945 it seems that a certain portion of society was labeled with a yellow star and it was repugnant then and this kind of shit is repugnant now Socialism, this bullshit, this socialist Democrat shit is taking over this country. And the NFL is right there. Now, I read the comments on this article, and it's from the head Corona bro himself, Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk. But, you know, I read the comments, and it is unbelievable how many people really believe it is their fault whether they know you've had this jab or not. Let me make it be let me make it clear. It's not your business. It's not your business. If you want to be scared all the time, stay at home. Stay at home in the dark, turn the lights out, watch fucking TV. This is crazy. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. This is Part, this is how you lose, lose freedoms. It is. And I don't care if the NFL is a privately owned entity. Sure, do they legally have the right to do this? Probably. But there comes a time when you got to ask, should you do something? What does it look like? What is the optics like? Are we infringing as a company? I mean, at what point do you start asking those kinds of questions? It is unbelievable they want to single out players and coaches that don't that don't choose to get this shot. You know, it's it's amazing because the left is always talking about being accepting of people. Supposedly. We know they're not. We know they're really not. We know that's not their MO. But the fact is. When it comes to this virus, I cannot believe how many people are scared to death that have chosen to live their life in total fear. It's crazy to me. It's, it's ludicrous to me. It's your right to be that way. Fine. What I do is none of your fucking business. It's none of your business. I mean, it, it is none of your business. It's it's unbelievable. Let's get to this article. It's from Pro Football Talk. I'm sure John Matrix had a heart attack. Teams are required to develop a method to visually identify fully vaccinated players. Training camps open soon. Last week, the NFL sent a five-page memo to all teams regarding a wide range of issues related to the ongoing pandemic. With both protocol updates and responses 
to frequently asked questions. PFT obtained a copy of the memo and will post a few of the more important items in order to highlight the most significant aspects of the guidance provided by the league. Here's the first thing that stands out. Teams must have a system for visually identifying fully vaccinated Tier 1 and Tier 2 employees at the facility. Let me read that again. Teams must have a system for visually identifying. They're going to label you. Whether you've had the vaccine or not, they are going to visually label you. Players and coaches fall within Tier 1. Quote, we recommend utilizing color-coded wristbands or credentials. However, clubs are free to implement other methods, the memo explains. Thus, players who haven't been vaccinated will stand out in the facility because, among other things, they don't, won't have the wristband or badge or whatever else a team chooses to use. It's unclear whether this requirement will apply when on the practice field or during games. I don't know if there's any legal grounds to stand on. They are a private organization. But if I was players like Cole Beasley and Montez Sweat and Sam Darnold and Josh Allen, I would sue the NFL and I would make this shit very public. I would make it very public. Raise a stink over it. We'll see exactly where the teams stand real fast. Your franchise starting quarterback in Carolina, your franchise starting quarterback in Buffalo, of which he is one of the top five quarterbacks in all of football. These players have to start standing up to the NFL. Employees have to start standing up to their employers. The fact is, I'm going to be honest with you. If you support getting the shot, that's fine by me. It is fine by me. If you choose to go get the jab, it is fine by me. If you choose to not get the jab, it is fine by me. You know what is also fine by me? Me and you minding our own damn business. That's what's fine. I don't want to know whether or not you've gotten vaccinated. And I don't want you to know whether or not I've gotten vaccinated. Why? Again, it's none of your damn business. It, it, you know, at some point, people have got to start standing up for their rights. Whether you're, you're, I mean, look, there's things that people just don't need to know. I've called this whole thing. People have talked about, well, the mask, this, that, and the other. No, it just comes a time where people are like, it's none of your business. And the fact that I don't want to put a mask on, I feel like it invades my personal space. You know what you don't need to be in? My personal space. Personal bubbles. Okay? Um, it's just none of your business. It's none of your business. Uh, yeah, there's been times throughout history that different people have been labeled. It was repugnant then. It's repugnant now. You won't convince me of otherwise. Boy, this uh, Wuhan virus has exposed a lot of people and how they feel. And it's amazing 
how many people want to be controlled. It's crazy. It's crazy. People don't want to be controlled. This is, this is a, there's times where you feel like, look, you're getting a little bit too close now. Back off. And if I seem irritated, I am. I read this and was like, Jesus, this is crazy. Tell me what you think, black and white live fans. I don't know. This, this video may get demonetized. Hell, I don't know. Uh, we may look up tomorrow and black and white entertainment may be black and white sports too and replace this channel because this video may get yanked. The whole channel might get yanked. I don't give a shit. Um, God, peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rotrans for Black and White Sports. Oh, there is no more woke entity in all of professional sports uh, outside of LeBron James and Megan Rapino as singular people. There is no bigger woke entity than a bunch of WNBA players. They are super woke. It's amazing that they don't have the wherewithal and the knowledge to realize the NBA is what carries their league. Without the NBA, the WNBA would not exist. The league has to subsidize, the NBA that is, has to subsidize the WNBA for it to stay in business. And we all know so many of their players are super woke. So many have made their social justice statements out there waving their their virtue signaling flag and it seems the one thing that the NBA and Team USA and the WNBA and Team USA the one the, the one thing they're not concerned with it seems is winning actual games because theoretically they should dominate competition at the Olympics in Tokyo but they are so busy with their heads in the clouds Worrying about everything else. Wor worrying about whether or not the IOC is going to allow protesting. And if they do, we got to figure out what we're doing. we got to figure out what kind of huddle we're going to get in and what kind of, what kind of statement we're going to make, some kind of social statement. Well, guess what? They certainly don't care about winning because they got beat yet again. Team USA women's basketball stunned by Australia in pre-Tokyo Olympics exhibition game. This is the first time Australia's beaten Team USA since 2010. Good God. 11 years ago. For the second time in a week, Australia has handed the United States a shocking upset on the basketball court. A few days after the Australian men stunned Kevin Durant and company, this time it was the women's turn. On Friday afternoon, the Australian women battled back from a 13-point halftime deficit to take down Team USA 70-67 in a pre-Olympics exhibition in Las Vegas. Australia led by four points with less than 20 seconds to play, but Brittany Griner hit a free throw and Team USA forced a steal. Brianna Stewart even got a clean look at a three-pointer to force overtime, but her effort at the buzzer did not go down. She was probably uh, blinded by some kind of a social justice mindset thought that went through her head. 
This was the first time that Australia has beaten Team USA since 2010 when they won an exhibition in Spain ahead of the 2010 FIBA World Cup. Seattle Storm forward Eza McBager, I hope that's right, led Australia with 17 points and 5 rebounds, while New York Liberty forward Rebecca Allen added 11 points, 5 rebounds, and 2 blocks. While much of the focus will be on Team USA after this game, the Opals, as Australian women's team is called, deserve credit for how they played. Double digit, down double digits at halftime, they kept battling and locked in on on the defensive end. A big part of the victory was forcing the Americans into 18 turnovers. You know how you make turnovers? You're distracted. You're not locked in. You're not focused on the game that you're playing in at that moment. That they did so without their best player, Liz Cambridge, which makes it even more impressive. So Australia didn't even have its best player? Is that what we're saying here? Wow, this is totally embarrassing. After reports of an altercation during a closed-door scrimmage against Nigeria, Cambridge was in danger of being removed from the team, but before Australia could make a decision, she announced on Friday that she was withdrawing from the Olympics to focus on her mental health. Good God. Australia will be a major medal threat when the Olympics begin in Tokyo later this month. They're currently the number two ranked team in the world, and their big upset over Team USA will only bolster their confidence. As for Team USA, it continued a disappointing week. On Wednesday, they lost... To Team WNBA in the 2021 WNBA All-Star Game, and this group is now 0-2 together. Good God. If you want to look on the positive side, head coach Don Staley was clearly experimenting with different combinations. Jewel Lloyd and Sue Bird. <laughs> Sue Bird's probably distracted by whatever it is Megan Rapino's doing right now. Sue Bird were the only players who saw over 20 minutes. They also shot two of 18 from three-point land. God. Team USA will continue Olympic preparations with another exhibition against Nigeria on Sunday. They better watch it. Team USA just got caught by them, too. They'll also be looking to extend a 49-game winning streak at the Olympics, which dates back to the bronze medal game in 1992. Wow. Wow. So... Uh, Team USA, it seems, basketball can't seem to focus on basketball. This is what happens. They're not playing for their country. They're not feeling pride in their country. We know how these players feel about the United States. Okay, we know what organizations they support. Organizations that have come come out in just the last couple of days shilling Cuba. That's right. We know what organizations these WNBA players are behind, so they have no sense of pride and uh, nothing motivating them to get out there and win gold and dominate these games because they, they don't care about the country they're playing for. They're more care about false narratives involving social justice and showing how woke they are. It's ridiculous where we are as a competitive entity these days in sports. Woke athletes. Tell me what you think, black and white sports fans. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. 
be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports.